Hello, everyone. I'm Contest of Wrestling.com here to talk all about a very uh, eventful, if not maybe anticlimactic, Survivor Series show here. Yes, I'm flying solo tonight. John Clark, my usual co-host for these shows, is actually in Brooklyn tonight for Survivor Series. So I'm sure he'll have a lot to say tomorrow on the Raw post show that I'm here to talk about Survivor Series here and now tonight. Uh, a long show. The uh, The main show started at 8 o'clock. It is now 11.36 as I'm recording this. Um, so yes, a very, very uh, lengthy, drawn-out show. But an eventful one, a good one. I mean, I, I don't think it was a bad show. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk all about that. I want to hear, hear what you all have to say, say about that. Before we do, just want to remind you all that the show, again, we do here is available on all of our streaming platforms. So it's not called Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Maybe we've got you covered. So the kickoff show uh, it was announced, I think, I think during the bump before the show even started, it was this afternoon, that the champion versus champion match between Damian Priest and Shinsuke Nakamura would be on the kickoff show. Uh, and obviously that was an interesting choice because it's your two mid-card champions. Like, like for years, obviously, WWE has uh, treated the mid-card titles in that kind of spot, you know, when they're other when they're other pay-per-views, they'll have the title matches on the on the kickoff. So shouldn't be surprised in that sense, but still, uh, your two mid-card champions having a match there. I thought that would have been a, a more logical spot for the battle royale that we got, but at the same time, I thought the battle royale at least kind of broke up the uh format of of the main show, I guess, by having you know be a way to bunch of singles matches and we had the tag matches as well. But um I don't know, it's definitely an interesting choice, and also an interesting choice to have that match end with a, a disqualification. Um, you know, Damon Priest snapped. He attacked Rick Boogs, Boogs with with a guitar, and uh, and that's what DJ's saying here. It's confirmed Damon Priest is going heel after attacking Rick Boogs tonight. But why he was so over with the WWE universe? I would agree. Uh, I, John and I have talked about this several times on the Raw Post shows. Damon Priest had to me. Um, my top baby face written all over him. I thought he 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 was genuinely over. He's been rolling since WrestleMania, team with Bad Bunny. Um, and then in recent weeks, they've turned him heel like that. So yeah, and this was definitely like 100%, or not, maybe not 100%, it's all pretty, pretty clear. You attack Rick Boogs, you attack Shinsuke Nakamura uh, with a guitar. That's a pretty heel kind of move. Uh, Steven Chambers saying that Priest is better as a heel anyway. Um, I mean, from what, we, what we've seen in WWE, I I mean, you're obviously entitled to that opinion, and, and that's a like valid opinion to have. We, we've seen him as a heel and a face. I think I've enjoyed him more as a face. I think he's gotten more over as a face. Uh, I'm not writing him off as a heel by any means, but um, yeah, I thought he's been a little more, uh, I don't know, he's, I think he's resonating a little more with me of being the kind of the cool, tough guy, whereas this is like this weird, like, possessed um uh, split personality guy. I, I don't really know what that's about, but I thought it was a good match. A little disappointing that it was um, to have that disqualification because uh, I, I thought that of the two of them, I was predicting a, vict a victory for Priest. I, I think he's been handled a little more strongly rather than Nakamura. Um, so it wasn't like they really need to uh, quote unquote protect Nakamura from taking the pin there. Um, Tony Konami Karan saying Priest is better as a face. So this seems to be a little bit of a point of contention here where people, some people were saying he's better as a heel, but better as a face. Um, and, and prior to tonight, he wasn't a full-blown heel. Uh, they were just kind of leaning that way. Uh, Richard Weaver, Weaver was a very good point. In 2021, he's saying there's no such thing as a heel or face anymore. And that was something we saw tonight, especially, obviously, the, the very high-profile profile match between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Definitely going to talk a lot about that. I want to hear what you all have to say about that one. But... Um, 
Yeah, I thought this was fine. Uh, other than the disqualification ending, I, I, I agree with that. So score one for, I guess, technically Team SmackDown with Nakamura winning here. Um, the match itself was fine. The, the, the EQ was questionable. And like I said, uh, I feel like this definitely does cement uh, Priest, at least in a you know on paper sense as a heel again by by attacking two two good guys with a guitar definitely a, a villainous move if you will so not a bad way to start the show uh but i i tweeted it immediately i was like if you're gonna start with the dq i feel i feel like we're, we're in for that kind of night so um and uh, uh overall here uh not just saying is decent show gave gave us hope that biggie might win yeah yeah uh that definitely a very um you know exciting main event match there i, I thought it was uh all I could really ask for. There was, I, I was expecting the Usos interfere, maybe the New Day, maybe maybe some shenanigans. But um, no, that was a clean match. We'll talk all about that as well here. But definitely the big story uh, to start the show. What uh, even though in the, in the final minutes before the show, there was definitely some confusion about what would main event. I think Fightful had reported. Um, I think it was early in seven o'clock hour, or maybe a little before that, that uh, Charlotte and Becky would main event. And then I think it was probably just a couple minutes before uh, the show started that, that the they reported again that the match order changed and that Becky and Charlotte would open the show. And I thought that was interesting. Um, on paper, yeah, this felt like the main event match of the the on-screen story, storytelling we've been seeing, obviously all the, the interviews where they've been very, very clearly blurring the lines of like what's reality, what's storyline. Like, But if you've been following along here, uh, Becky's been saying some really eye-opening things about, you know, Charlotte being jealous of her. Granted, things she's kind of said uh, on, on, you know, Raw and SmackDown as well. But, you know, and these, these non-WWE media appearances have been definitely a way to kind of build up a lot of suspense and this blurring of the lines of, um, you know, truth, truth and fiction, I guess, you know, and it's uh, definitely been a little uh, unclear. Like, people were thinking, are they actually going to fight? Are they going to have a match? Like, and, and uh, Becky herself had said that they had a match. It was, it felt like a fight that I think that this is everything it needed to be. Stephen Chambers saying he surprised Becky Charlotte opened the pay-per-view. He thought it'd be the main event. I did too. Um, and then the way that it turned out, it was a very good match. Uh, like I said, it was very much kind of uh, handled like a fight. You weren't going to get a, a Colin Apple tie-up or anything. This was very physical. As it should have been, these people, these two clearly are supposedly uh, bitter enemies. They wouldn't want to, like, you know, feel each other out with technical holes or anything. Um, so I, I thought that was good. Yeah, it would have felt kind of disingenuous to have them out there, like, you know, I don't know, leaving the ring to kind of like collect their thoughts as you can, doing some of the usual tropey things. Richard Weaver saying it's the best match of the night. I would agree. I thought this was a very strong way to open the show. And like I said, I was a little surprised, like uh, Stephen was saying, was, I was surprised to open the show, but then the way it turned out, uh, they had the roll-up finish where Becky kind of rolled up, rolled up uh, Charlotte after she went for a roll-up as well. Um, and then the referee counted count her pin, even though she kind of cheated. So a little bit of a turnabout's fair play kind of thing. But having that be the end of the pay-per-view, like on, on overall, definitely would have been pretty disappointing in some ways. Although we'll talk about the, the actual main event, maybe some of the, the disappointment there anyway. Um, yeah, there, there, there's a lot to talk about there. But uh, uh, DJ saying they definitely screwed up putting Becky Charlotte first. Might have to do with real life issues as well. Um, I'm not familiar with these, these reports he's referencing. DJ saying reports that came out last night that Becky wasn't willing to work the match with Charlotte. I'm not quite sure about that. I know there were reports that it was they were uh, overall WWE was like very um, hotly debating the finish. I wasn't aware of that report there of uh, Becky not being willing to work the match with Charlotte. If true. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's up with that. Uh, if that 
if that did play into the fact uh, the fact that this match opened the show, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but Richard Weaver saying that every every other match uh, other than this one uh, definitely was predictable. Now I would agree. Um, you never, other than kind of maybe the, the the tag team matches of Raw versus SmackDown, you never can quite know um, like who's going to win. I mean, they, I think those are a little tougher to call. Uh, Raw on the men's side definitely felt more um, set up to succeed than SmackDown. They had they had Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. Um, Bobby Lashley, late this was a team there. Austin Theory had a nice breakout moment as well. Uh, and Finn Bauer. Yeah, so a very, very star-sled team there. SmackDown, talented team, but I thought Raw definitely had the, the better uh, group there. And they won. Yes, Rollins, sorry. I, it was, folks, it was a long show. If I don't remember everything off the top of my head, please forgive me. But yes, Rollins won that match. We may as well talk about it a little bit here. Um, so it was Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and Austin Theory of Team Raw versus Jeff Hardy, Drew McIntyre, Happy Corbin, uh, Sheamus, and oh boy, I'm gonna forget, aren't I? <laughs> but basically, yeah. Um, uh, as I said, Drew, I don't even know, folks. Uh, this was a very long show. I'm a little fried, so please do forgive me. But uh, this was interesting in the, in, in the sense that, um, you know, as I said, we had the, we had the kickoff show with Damon Priest getting disqualified. Kind of had a feeling that that would uh, set the tone for the rest of the the rest of the show, and it did because Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre both got counted out, so they were kind of unceremoniously removed from the match. But speaking of unceremoniously removed from the match, Kevin Owens starts the match, and he's arguing with, with Seth Rollins. So obviously, they can't coexist. That's the trope they like to do. And then, so Kevin Owens started the match, and he promptly leaves the match. Quite literally, bell rings. Probably in there for like five, ten seconds. And Kevin Owens leaves and gets counted out, literally walking around the match. And we've been talking about it for weeks now. Obviously, all the, the contract rumors and discussion about Kevin Owens, his contract was up in January. And at first, for weeks now, uh, John and I have been saying on the Raw show, oh, they're giving Owens this, this WWE title uh, peripheral feud, I guess, because he's, he's been feuding with Biggie, the champion. So, you know, it felt it feels like that's where they've been going here. And not to say that that having him walk out of this match like cancels that or or means they're not gonna do that, but it was like, all right, this man's literally walking on the match. And if that's not like a pretty clear indicator that he's leaving, not not that's not like he literally did it of his own accord. That's that's how he was booked. But I'm saying there's something about it was like, wow, they are very now this this felt like a very much um, you know, Dean Ambrose on the way out, like. Again, not that he got buried, but he didn't get to be in the match. Like he, he walked out ten seconds in, and that felt pretty disappointing there. Uh, so, then, as I mentioned, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley also I counted out. I thought Austin Theory had a good had a good run here, you know, a good kind of chance to break out a little bit. Uh, he got pinned by I think Sheamus kicked him at one point, if I believe, if I remember correctly. It's all blur at this point, folks. Um, but I thought he had a pretty good showing. He lasted longer than lasted longer than Kevin Owens did. Lasted longer than you know a bunch of people in, in this match here. Uh, DJ saying he was totally wrong about theory. Didn't think he'd last as long as he did. Has a bright future in his mind. Very talented. I forget who he pinned uh, off the top of my head. I, I can check my notes if I want to, but uh, and I, and I will. I, I, I have I have it all written down here. I, I was covering the show, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a good a good opportunity for theory to have a nice kind of breakout moment. And we'll talk about that in the, the women's match uh, on the tag team side of things as well. So theory uh, eliminated. Oh yeah, he's been limited. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Austin Theory pinned Sheamus. Got a little, a little lost there. Theory pinned Sheamus, a former world champion. So that's a big deal. And then uh, I think not too long after that, Theory was pinned by Jeff Hardy. And at this point in the match, I think Hardy was by himself, and the crowd was so behind him. Like they were 
really, really rallying around him. Um, it was very clear the crowd wanted this guy to win. And I think John and I have been talking about that since, I think, Money in the Bank. Like, knowing the crowd, the live crowd still loves Jeff Hardy. The live crowd wants to see Jeff Hardy doing well, winning, you know, doing meaningful things. Um, and DJ just saying, I miss, I miss Corbin. Thank you, DJ. Ah, see, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like, I could not even keep track. Like, I didn't even remember. By the time this match felt, even I'm sitting here now, the, the Titan match felt like, five hours ago and it's only 11:48 here just a very long dragged out show um i'm gonna finish talking about this match and i have a, a pretty eye-opening uh, statistic for you all about the show and about why it drags so much but yes happy corbin was in there as well the awesome theory did have a good breakout moment here as i said jeff hardy definitely had um a good you can't say breakout moment. Oh, it seems like any more Starbucks. I was chugging coffee all night long here, folks. My heart's probably palpitating right now. Because uh, <laughs> this show, like, it dragged. Like, it, it was rough, and I was covering it and, like, writing up the news and everything. And I was like, all right, all right, we're getting through it. And started at 8 o'clock. And literally, I was here, uh, you know, at my, my laptop at 11, thinking, okay, we're going to be, you know, kind of in and out by 11, maybe 11.30. And then I had to push it back. Um because I, I was, I think it was ten fifty-five or so, and Roman Reigns comes out. I'm like, ah, I gotta, I gotta push back the start time for my podcast ten minutes because that's how that's how long Roman Reigns gets through his entrance. But for the tag team match on the men's side of things here, um, Jeff Hardy, like the crowd super behind him. I thought for a second they were to give Jeff, Jeff Hardy a much deserved win, have him be the sole survivor, maybe have that set up a feud with Roman Reigns eventually, maybe maybe for day one the pay per view they were having up tonight. Um, but no, no, uh, Seth Rollins pinned Jeff Hardy. And you could just tell, like, the crowd was mad. The crowd was so mad. They just like, they was hard to win. One of the weird parts of the match was the DJ pointing out, um, it was Sheamus and Hardy doing the 10 beats of Bowery. So if you remember, folks, last year, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy had a very heated rivalry. Jeff Hardy threw P, I guess what was supposed to be P, in Sheamus's face. They had this very personal rivalry with Sheamus. Um, making fun of Jeff Hardy for his substance abuse issues. It was very, very, like, bitter rivalry. And here they are, actually, like, the best friends uh, for um, for the sake of brand supremacy. I thought that was a little silly. Not just saying her daughter was pissed. I'm presuming you mean about Jeff losing. Yeah, people people love Jeff Hardy. Like, people want Jeff Hardy to, like, to win, To again, to have these meaningful feuds and matches and to get these moments he deserves. Uh, Steven saying we might see Seamus and Hardy feud again coming out of this. I, I hope so. If like I, I always want there to be a reason why, why something happened. So it's like if you're gonna have this kind of this play out where it's like, okay, Hardy's gonna win, Hardy's gonna win. And I should mention Seamus attacked Hardy when it looked like Hardy was kind of on the verge of like, you know, really rallying here and pulling off the win. Seamus attacked him after the theory eliminated Seamus. Um, so kind of Seamus, I would say, was responsible for Hardy losing like that. So no, if that's the outcome of having Seamus and Hardy feud again, I'd be okay with it. I mean, yeah, they had a long feud just last year. But a lot's changed. Things have happened. There's a live crowd now. You know, it's a little. It's a different era. Um, that's just saying that her, her daughter her, I hate Seth. I mean, I've been there. Really, I, there have been times I've been very down on Seth Rollins myself. Um, I've come around a little bit. At least you know some of his promos these days I find much more entertaining than I used to. I think he's much better as a heel than he's a face. Also that much. Um, but no, if you're someone that's like not a Seth Rollins fan, if you're really if you're really rooting for Jeff, Jeff Hardy there, you're probably gonna be upset with this match and. Uh, that definitely seemed to be the case in the arena. So, but no, DJ saying it was surprising to see Theory pin Sheamus as well. I would agree. Again, this is like this kid. No, I won't say kid. He's still probably older than me. <laughs> but uh, Theory pinning Sheamus what was surprising because he's a newcomer to Raw. Like he hasn't done a whole lot. Um, in terms, like he got drafted to Raw coming out of an and he's done well ever since. But no, pinning a world former world champion Sheamus like a, a 
what feels like a, a WWE lifer, um, that was surprising. So I, I think that kind of to me indicated like he, he's going places uh, in terms of they, they've clearly think highly of him. I haven't been famous like that. So that was definitely another takeaway as well. But I thought this was uh, fine, but perfect segue. So uh, this match definitely was one reason why the show dragged so much. And uh, one reason for that is that every single person in this match somewhat got a full entrance. So Brian Alvarez of the, I think he's the Wrestling Observer, uh, tweeted that there were 107 minutes of wrestling on this show. It was on the air for 108. Uh, this was uh, before the end of the main event. So call it well, pretty much before the main event here. Uh, 107, mat- 107 minutes of wrestling on a 186-minute show at that point. And so at that point, 79 minutes of the show were videos and entrances. Just think about that for a second. 79 minutes. And it's like, it, you think about that when you're watching the show, and it's just like, wow. Like, I talk about it a lot for Raw, especially, where it just feels like they are very focused on just filling the airtime. And I noticed it right when the show started. There was like 10 minutes, I think, uh, when the show started. There, this show was sponsored by multiple things. One of the things was Red Notice. We'll talk about that after this. But I've read Notice of the Rock's new movie. Um, so we, we had this like five, I think it was about four minutes of this opening video package for uh, Red Notice hype slash Survivor Series opening video hype. And then we got this pretty lengthy video package for Becky and Charlotte Flair. So I think it was 10 minutes, but, and then and then the entrances for Becky and Charlotte before we got any wrestling. And I was just like that. And then this is kind of going on throughout the night. There were commercials, more entrances, video packages. I think during the men's tag team match here, um, some of the entrants got a, a brief video repacket, a, a recap of like, oh, this is why Bobby Lash was on the team. Oh, this is why I think they replayed by Seamus got on the team. I'm just like, you gotta at some point trust that either people are gonna are gonna watch the product or they're gonna be like, oh, like wh- why why is this person on this team? Let me look it up. Like this is a very sometimes I think they really just um pretty like I mean it's it's a fair assumption that, that not everyone that who watches the the pay-per-view shows are gonna watch your TV show. But um, yeah, yeah, like it, it just drags out so much. So that, like I said, I'm sitting here uh, trying to do this show. I'm just like, I'm fried. Uh, Steven's saying he skipped a good chunk of entrances for the Battle Royale. I mean, that's true. That's true, right? We had they had the 25 person Battle Royale. You couldn't show if they showed every entrance of that, the show would still be going on. So at least they had a little good common sense there, because um, that that'd be a lot. But uh, yeah, that that statistic was very very surprising to me to have. Um, just so many entrances like that. Just very, very surprising. But uh, but yeah, now 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 part of the discussion here uh, is that uh, Richard Weaver is saying Star Series isn't what it used to be. Um, yeah, well, I mean they they replayed uh, some of the, the Rock's greatest hits tonight. You know, some of the, the it was the Rock's 20, 25th anniversary. Don't worry, we'll talk more about the Rock tonight. But uh, and they replayed the one. It was five Survivor Series twenty. I think it was twenty eleven. I believe. Yeah. 2011 when, when he teamed up with John Cena to face uh, the Miz and our truth and for me that was like my part, one of the peak parts of my fandom seeing the rock come back uh team up with John Cena who was for me like my 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 era's Hulk Hogan that was cool like Star Wars was a big deal and similarly Shalinkoff saying that it used to be his third favorite behind WrestleMania Royal Rumble Star Series is supposed to be one of the big four papers of the year and I think at some point recently it's stopped being that way I don't know exactly when, but that we are definitely here. That that we are definitely at that point now in 2021, and it's it's disappointing because it, it's it's a very historic and prestigious show. Um, 
And tonight, I'm with John and I talked about it on Monday. Uh, Robert and I talked about it on Friday. The build was very, very lackluster. So, you know, they were, I think, kind of banking on uh, on that, right? It's a show that has that name value. So it's disappointing. And, and you know, again, based on some things that we're seeing, that's some of the ways that WWE is changing, I don't necessarily trust them to, uh, I guess, course correct, if I could a word. I don't think they're going to they're gonna be like next year, oh, we're going to go out and have this, this super-duper uh, fantastic service series show. I mean, it's, it's the sad thing is on paper, this card was good. You had Becky and Charlotte, you had Biggie and Roman, but some of the build just like wasn't it. And they had the build, they had the video package for Biggie and Roman, and half of it was recapping the the Xavier Woods and Roman Reigns stuff on SmackDown. Like that that was Biggie wasn't even granted. It's it's a new day, but still, you know, and just all of these things put together, very disappointing. One thing that was not disappointing is Steve Chambers saying congratulations, to Randy Orton. So tonight, Randy Orton broke the record for most pay per view matches. Uh, in, uh, in WWE history, I believe it was 177, breaking WWE Hall of Famer Kane's record. So definitely want to take a moment to say congratulations to Randy Orton. That is an absolutely incredible run. If you think about all the things that he's done, his just, um, I guess, duration, Flackbird Orton, even, if you, even if, you don't, if you don't like Randy Orton, like to say, to look at the guy and be like, this guy's been here. Always like he's a company man. Sort of sometimes he takes, he takes time off to keep, to, to, to stay fresh, to spend time with his family. But this man debuted, I think, way back in 2020, uh, 2002. Sorry, 20, uh, 2002. Now it's 2021. So 177 paper matches battling through injuries, time off otherwise. Um, very, very just uh, that's unprecedented because he, he broke Kane's record. Just, but especially now, again, we've talked about it. That's the narrative of, of the, t- the talk of the town at this point. You know, all the constant change, people getting released or, or leaving the company in other, in other ways. Randy Orton's still there. So to see him tonight, team up, team up with Biddle to face the Usos, to pick up a win against the Usos, uh, and, and that historic match like that. Uh, Orton hit this cool arc here out of nowhere. I thought that was very cool. Always a fan of arc out of nowhere. Uh, definitely, um, I just love him when I was a kid, still love him now. Richard Weaver saying Randy Orton stole fire. I would agree. Um, very, very cool. You know, it, it's um, very, it's great for Randy Orton. He was one of the guys when, when I was a kid, like he was, he was one of the like top guys in the company and he's still here going strong today. Uh, continues kind of to reinvent himself. Now he's with, now he's a brittle, um, you know, great, great run for him. This is just absolutely amazing. And I think he deserves all, all the credit in the world for that. And I, I'm glad, you know, I think, I, I guess I'm glad that he gets to be the guy to break that record. Uh, again, cause he's been there. He's been, he's always there. He's on his pay-per-views, uh, competing on matches here. Um, so that's incredible. God, God, did you won the match? It would have been a little disappointing to have lose that match. So good one for RK Bro there. Not a whole much more to say. Two great tag teams, the Raw and SmackDown tag team champions, doing what they do best. You know that's that's what they do. Orton hits RK out of nowhere, pick up, picks up a good one in this historic match form. So not much to complain about there. Uh, not not too much. Uh, I, I can't knock that one. Like it's a good match, good one for Orton, and that's what that's what it was. DJ reporting that Bleach Report is just saying. Sorry, DJ, uh, sharing the fact that, that Bleacher Report just reported that fans are leaving the arena pissed off about this show, like when they booed the Hell in a Cell ending when the Fiend lost the title match. I'll talk more about the main event and why that might, might be the case, but uh, I think this was very much a show where people were expecting The Rock to show up, and when he didn't, they were, people were probably disappointed. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I could see that. I, I could see there being a lot of truth in that. So, um and that does not surprise me in the slightest. So, uh, so one thing that did surprise me because I, I didn't expect it. So, Stephen uh, Chambers is bringing up uh, the fact that tonight, tonight, 
the the biggest storyline, folks, of Survivor Series, which is supposed to be one of the biggest shows of the year, is Vince McMahon showed up in a limo, and he had an egg. Uh, people comment about The Rock. I will talk all about The Rock in a bit here. Just want to get through the rest of the show here, which thankfully went a whole much more, a whole lot more to talk about because you know it was there weren't a lot of matches. Like you know the matches that there were got time, and then otherwise, like I said in a couple minutes ago, anything else was just like videos and entrances. So other than this this egg storyline, there's not not much more to talk about other than the main event and the the women's tag team match. Um, as far as I can and the battle royale, but no, that's fine. <laughs> but um, the the fact that the, the egg was the biggest storyline here um, is uh, is a uh, pretty telling. So Vince McMahon shows up, he's in a limo, and at first I'm like, well, what's Vince? I mean, I know it's Survivor Series, but it's like, what's Vince McMahon doing here? And he comes out of the limo and is carrying this this egg, right? And and for me, immediately I saw I saw on Twitter people were saying, oh, it, it's this you know reference to to Red Notice, the the Rock's movie that they were promoting tonight. And that's fine, right? That's cool. Like, okay. Uh, but the fact that it turned into this big storyline, and now we have every reason to believe, or I think they pretty much explicitly stated that it's going to be carrying over to, to, to tomorrow night, or I guess now it's already Monday morning, so uh, tonight on Raw. <laughs> um, that's, as I guess, so basically, let me, let me backtrack. So this man has an egg, and he, he says, oh, this isn't the, the prop egg. This is the, the real uh, what, I think it was Cleopatra's egg. It's this uh, highly valuable treasure item collectible. I, I don't know. And it says it's worth $100 million. There's a cool backstage segment where Roman Reigns uh, enters Vince's office and he says, um, Vince tells him it's worth $100 million. And Roman says, oh, like this is, I think he said something like, oh, this is the same amount as my next contract. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but then turns out that somebody stole the egg, stole this mysterious. A highly viable golden egg uh, that's bedazzled with jewels or whatever. Um, so Vince McMahon uh, gets upset with uh, uh, Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville and says, okay, tell everyone I want uh, everyone on, on Raw and SmackDown to show up on uh, Raw tomorrow night on Raw um, for this for this wide-scale investigation want to know who, who stole the egg. Uh, then later in the show, Paul Heyman denied any and all um, knowledge of what happened to the egg. He He did a Brooklyn accent, which was fun. Paul Heyman's great. Um, that's just saying you knew it would come up missing. I mean, yeah, right? Like, they're going to introduce the egg. They're going to say how valuable it is. Fine. They, they're going to have it go missing. Uh, see if Sean Acoff's in the gobble to go crystal the egg. As soon as the, the Vince showed up with the egg, Twitter hopped on this. So they're like, oh, it's it's the gobbledygookers. Uh, the Gobbledygooker's egg, right? The Survivor Series, that's where the Gobbledygooker uh, debuted all those years ago. So this is the next chapter in this ongoing saga of the gobbledygooker. Um, folks, I, I said it on NXT when we were talking about the poker showdown. Like, I'm here to watch wrestling, okay? Like, I'm not here to figure out what's going on with this egg and who may have stolen the egg. Like, what? What? I I, I don't I don't know, okay? I... I don't know. And now uh, several of you in the comments are saying that the, the bloodline has it. And that's just saying that Roman has the egg. Um, DJ, DJ wondering if the bloodline stole the eggs, the Roman and or the Usos. They all say they run the place. So maybe they thought that by stealing this very valuable egg, they would, um, I don't know, cement their power on, on SmackDown or, or across WWE itself. And DJ repeating that, like, that's what he, that's his theory, at least. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know, folks. This was 
something else. Um, yeah, not 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 the not the not the highlight of the show by any means. Uh, what what what? And we're not done with it, right? They said they're going to have um, an investigation on Raw tonight. Now it's Monday Night on Raw as I record this. So um, I don't know. Uh, any, any of your theories are welcome because I don't know where this is going at this point. I'm sure they don't even know. I'm sure there's going to be a meeting an hour before Raw, and they're going to be like, I don't know, our uh, uh, truth stole the egg because reasons, or or I I, I don't know. Um, that's not this isn't for me. If you're into this kind of stuff of of, of the, well, I, I I like a good mystery. I'm not saying that, but you can just kind of tell like it, it's kind of. I don't know. Needless, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just it was one of one of uh, I guess two big wacky things tonight. Is D just pointing out that he's uh, telling me, uh, reminding me that the street profits threw Pizza Hut pizza into the crowd tonight, and our truth gave Otis a slice of said pizza in the middle of the ring. Otis proceeded to chew and eat the pizza, and then when our truth slapped Otis's butt in the ring. Otis got mad and eliminated our truth. This is something that happened in the, in the middle of a WWE ring. Something that happened on, on a WWE pay-per-view that people uh, pr presumably paid for. Uh, whereas if this was on Raw, I'd be like, all right, it's kind of it's it's cable TV, whatever. But this was on a, on, a, on a paid event, unless you got a free trial, which I, I'm, I'm long past my free trial for Peacock because I cover the things for work. So there you go. Um, you know, it's funny because I don't even. I, okay, I'm curious to hear what you all think. I don't even like Pizza Hut. I'm sorry, we're not sponsored by Pizza Hut, so you know, sorry. I'm you know, sorry. Um, now I'm, I'm Team Domino's all the way. If there was like a Team uh, Domino's versus Team uh, Pizza Hut for Survivor, for Survivor Series, I'd be Team Domino's all the way. Always been a, a much more a much bigger fan of Domino's myself. I know that can be that can be a, a bit of a divisive point, but now I'm I'm not Team Pizza Hut. I'm sorry. So then this is not even the first. I can't say this was like un unprecedented or we've never seen this. I have this weird, vivid memory. I think it was. Hmm, I think it was one of the last shows before the pandemic. Um, maybe TLC 2019. I seem to remember. Um, the Good Brothers, like there was this match where they were sponsored by KFC or something, and they like someone got slammed through a table of KFC food on it or or, or something like that. Um, so this isn't crazy, right? It's a business; they're sponsored. I get it. You get them on the show, you get them involved. You have the announce the announcers put over. What in this case it was it was Pizza Hut, so that's fine. Um, DJ is showing his love for his stuffed crust pizza. Pizza, I used to like that, right? I have had pizza, and and I like it. I'm not saying I, I don't like it. I'm saying I just prefer Domino's for, for me. Um, oh boy, but yeah, Steven's saying from eggs to pizza, but he likes Domino's as well. Props to you, I agree. I, I'm team Domino's for me. Um, yes, yeah, so and that's just saying Domino's delivers where they deliver. So it sounds like we are we all here, or at least from what we're hearing, are much more team Domino's. But this match was pretty clearly sponsored by Pizza Hut. So the, the Street Profits brought out the pizza. Uh, there were tables with the pizza, pizza ringside. And then, as I said, our truth brought the pizza in the ring and uh, gave to Otis. And then, not too much to write home about. Uh, uh, almost accidentally, accidentally eliminated. Um, it just was one point, so maybe maybe building up a little tension there. We've talked about that on the Raw show before. It's something that is uh, pretty inevitable here at this point. Um, where they're going to be splitting up soon. Almost eliminated. I think it was twelve people. 
these battle royals are very hard to keep track of. I was I was writing up the article about it, and I literally lost track of one person. I was like, they're, they're supposed to be twenty four people, and I don't know. Like I, I I lost track. They 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 have people get eliminated off screen as they do. Um, oh, and Richard's pointing. We were saying yes, almost eliminated twelve people. So that's just about half the field here, which is pretty crazy. And you won the match uh, by last eliminating Ricochet. And I just thought that was funny. I I love Ricochet. He is he is literally a superhero. The man is uh, is unreal. He he was like fly, he always flies around the ring, does crazy things. There was the fatal four way on SmackDown. The man like just soared over the ropes, unreal. He's amazing. But they had him like out there as last man standing against almost. I'm like, Ricochet's not gonna win. Come on, come on, right? We we know this. Uh, but almost won, and then AJ comes back in to celebrate his win. And then as Nestor's saying, this kind of sets up some tension because almost could easily be like, hey, I just eliminated twelve people, eh, including you, and I won. So uh, Richard's thing, wondering how many of us thought uh, almost to throw AJ Styles. It wasn't on purpose. There was like some kind of like malfunction at the junction where I think like Commander Aziz was mad and he was jacking almost. And then like somehow there's some uh, accidental collision where I think uh, Aziz was pulling on AJ Styles, almost was trying to help. And then AJ got accidentally eliminated, but definitely setting up the tension there. So I feel like that definitely, as Nasha was saying, that, that you're setting up the split there. Uh, but this wasn't necessarily like the the the, the launching point of that split. So uh, no, I think that we're planting the seeds. We're we're going to get there. When that is, I don't know. It still remains kind of a point of um, conversation. It's like it could be tomorrow. It could be the week after that. It could be next month. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but definitely, there's something to say that uh, you know AJ. Well, you could easily say almost could be set up for success on his own. Uh, you could say it's as Steven's saying AJ should get one more title if that's what he's saying. He wants to see that. Oh yes, AJ most certainly deserves uh, a title run yet again. Uh, when he was feuding with um, McIntyre back at TLC, I thought there, I thought there's a little chance that they might get the title there, and he didn't. But you know, I think that's somewhere we, we could be going, not not too distantly in the future. But then yes, after the match, the Street Profits threw the pizza into the crowd, and I'm sitting out on my couch thinking like, if I'm there, like, I'm not touching that pizza, like. These, these guys touched the pizza with their bare hands, threw it in the crowd. There is a very, very good chance that some of this pizza landed on the floor. So enjoy your floor pizza. But uh, yeah, not, not for me. But um, yeah, this was uh, this was mostly just like for uh, promotional purposes. National Sex Show was fun. It was fun. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, again, it's a business. They, WWE has made that very, very clear. From the, from the Red Notice promotion to uh, the Zombies back wrestling and backlash to now this like to have the actual sponsors on the show so it's about the business about the money and that's fine like that that's fine um, DJ pointing out that the Street Profits gave Cole and Graves the Tri Treats box I think those are the the, the desserts box I think I, I don't know and they wouldn't let Saxon have any uh, and Saxon said I thought we were bros I guess not I guess they're not bros if they couldn't have the treat box I'm sorry you know only, only real bros get the treat boxes but um, yeah, I guess the big takeaways go if you like Pizza Hut, go, go get pizza and uh, almost dominated. And maybe this sets up almost an AJ splitting up. And it is a hard point out that almost be a threat in the Rumble. I mean, the dude's massive and WWE always loves having the, the big guys uh, dominate in uh, in these battle royales and the Royal Rumble, especially. So I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he's definitely going to have a good performance. I mean, now it's November, so that's a little bit away, but that'd be my. That's that's a pretty safe prediction there. But um, and speaking of AJ, I like to come from uh, Eddie's predicting or hoping to see AJ versus Edge WrestleMania. Oh yeah, that'd be great. 
they're both great wrestlers. They're amazing. Uh, if you remember when uh, when Edge returned at Royal Rumble 2020, he speared AJ Styles and messed up AJ's shoulder, and AJ was kind of like put on the shelf for. I think if I remember, I think it was like out for like a month and he came back at whatever the Saudi Arabia show was. And he like, then he had obviously had the boneyard match, but man, definitely got a bone to pick up with him there. Um, you know, to going back to that and they're, they're two world-class stars. So I, I think they definitely deserve to have a feud. And I think that's something that a lot of people like to see. So I'm all, all for that. They'd be very, very cool. So um, uh, speaking of Red Notice here with the, with the Rocks promotion, Ness was asking if anyone has seen Red Notice. I have not. I am a big fan of The Rock. I am a huge fan of Ryan Reynolds. Um, I will probably check it out at some point soon. Um, just literally always working. So my, my, my ability to watch non-wrestling things uh, is, is quite low. I am, and it's especially to watch a movie like that, you know, no, don't always have the, the most time to do that. It's on the list. It is on my watch list. So I'll, I'll get to it soon because I'm a big fan of The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. So if you have, if you have seen it, I hope you enjoy Or Or I should say, if you have seen it, I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it, I bet it's worth checking out. So, um, and based on all the hype we got tonight on the show, it seems seems like a big deal. So cool. <laughs> uh, we got a question a minute ago asking uh, who stole the egg. Uh, someone saying they fell asleep. Trexter Prime saying they fell asleep. They did not say who stole the egg. This is the the big mystery unfolding in WWE land right now. We don't know who stole the egg. Uh, Paul, like I said earlier, Paul Heyman stole, uh, denied um, culpability. He denied any involvement or knowledge. Uh, Ed is already saying the rocks stole the egg. This is the biggest theory I'm seeing that the rocks stole the egg, that the rock was secretly there and uh, this, 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 uh, decided not to show up. That'd be actually really funny. If the rock, again, we're going to talk about the rock in a minute here, but if the rock was there uh, and he was just backstage, he stole the egg and left, that'd be like just really funny. I'm sorry. I think that there's be something very, very ironic about that. Um, but no, we don't know who stole the egg. Uh, it, is, it is a mystery that will supposedly play out at least tonight on Raw, Monday night on Raw. Um, so we'll find out. Stay tuned. And then as soon as we know more, I'll let you know. But, um, yeah, otherwise then after the battle of Royale, we had, uh, the women's Survivor Series tag team match. So it was Bianca Belair, um, Zelina Vega, Carmella, uh, Liv Morgan, and, oh boy. <laughs> I can't even remember. But for SmackDown, it's all about who, like, who could or could not coexist. I'm pulling up the teams right now because, again, this was a very long show. I struggled to remember it all, and now it is past midnight, so bear with me, folks. But um, the big, obviously, as you can probably predict, the big story here was can they coexist? I, folks, if you haven't, if you, if you listen to the Raw and SmackDown show, uh, anytime it comes up, I am so fed up with it, with the coexist stuff. So, Raw was Carmella, Selena Vega, uh, Liv Morgan, Ray Ripley. Sorry, I, I didn't remember Ray, Ray, Ray Ripley because Ray Ripley and Nikki ASH are the women's tag team champions. And they're never on TV. And that's horrible. Because, what, four months ago? Just a little under, over four months ago, Ray Ripley was the, woman, raw, women's tag, was the raw women's champion. And then, three months ago, Nikki A.S.H. was the raw women's champion. And she was left off this show. And you had, I mean, I, I was glad to see Zelina Vega, the queen, uh, in, in there here. Carmella, could have done without. I, th I think maybe Nikki A.S.H. should have been in there if you can have the other Raw, uh, the woman's Titan champion, Ray, Ray Ripley. Why not have her partner? I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, but in the end, yes, uh, Bianca Blair wound up being the sole survivor. I thought this was a, they, it was a very weird way to get there. Um, the, the match was very interesting, where like I think uh, uh, Camilla was quick, quickly eliminated by Tony Storm, and then 
nobody was eliminated for like several minutes, which is unusual for these kind of things. You usually do like kind of some, some kind of staggered eliminations, kind of draw it out. And I, I kept thinking like, am I missing something? Because at some points, like people would be kind of like lying down. So I couldn't quite tell like how many people were actually in the match. Um, but no, they, they, they like drew it out like that where like both teams were, were largely intact. And then they quickly just did a couple of eliminations. Um, trying to see here. So they had, uh, they had Team SmackDown kind of eliminate all but Bianca Blair on the um, on Team Raw. So Bianca was left by herself. And then things got very wonky when uh, Team SmackDown just, just imploded. They could not coexist. They could not coexist. Uh, and then they started arguing. Shotzi and um, Sasha Banks started arguing. They were, they were fighting. Sa- uh, Sasha, very much not a team captain move. I think she like she punched or she shoved Shotzi. She punched Natalia. She brought up uh, Shayna Baszler ringside, and so then they're they're fighting, and Team SmackDown caused their own captain to get counted out because they could not coexist. Because that's what everything needs to be about in WWE TV at this point. Again, so tired of it. And again, the the literally the official WWE Twitter account and WWE on Fox will literally tweet, "Oh, the can they coexist?" or or just they they will they will they will shove that that word into every single and in, into, into every tweet into every match into every story oh boy like i'm gonna i'm gonna lose it one of these days i'm gonna like I'm gonna explode i'm gonna be like oh my gosh like what are we doing like do something else please like nobody wants to see this it's not funny to like to, to tweet about it on their part what if the company's tweeting about it knowing that it's their like trope knowing and like and being aware of it and like kind of making fun of it that's not, it's not cute if they're trying or, or it's not funny on their part. Like fans can be like, Oh, it's just stupid. Like, ha ha ha. I do it sarcastically because I'm so tired of it. That's one thing. I'm not defending myself. I'm just saying like they do it trying to be like kind of funny, but Oh, you know, we're, we're on, we're in on the joke too. Now I'm, oh, I'm done with this kind of stuff. I can't say done with it. Cause again, I'm, I'm here every, every Monday, every, every Friday to talk about these things. And I'm going to be here probably, for the for the indefinite future, being like, yep, we're gonna find out if they can coexist yet again. Boy, Nesha saying she loves such actual loss by her team. I, I'm assuming you're being serious. So I think it was unusual, right? I think it was different and more often than not, if you're trying if you're doing something different, okay. But again, the fact this was rooted in their failure to coexist, did not love that. Um, so pretty disappointed with that. Michael coming in with a with a brilliant comment, wondering if I can coexist with WWE going forward. Good one. Well played, sir. Well played. Um, that's what we're reaching, folks. Like, it is my job to cover this, to cover WWE, to, to, to watch the shows, to cover the shows for news, to do the podcast. And I'm sitting here Monday, Tuesday, and Friday trying to enjoy the shows, trying to be positive, and like literally on the verge, just like screaming, like, please stop with the candy looks and stuff. I am just so tired of it. As here, it is midnight on a Monday morning, and I'm just like, please do something else, do something else that's interesting. Um, because this ain't it. This ain't it. Uh, DJ's asking how long I think they're going to keep the Shotzi and Sasha feud going. By the way, if you haven't, if you listen to the SmackDown show, I stumbled over these two names so many times. Uh, so I, I learned my mistake. If you say shot Sasha before Shotzi, I, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> they sound so similar. I keep tripping up on it. I'm sorry. Um, DJ's wondering how long I think they, he could, they're going to keep the feud going. I mean, this seems like it's going to continue for a while. They had their first singles match. 
think. Yeah, I guess the Shotzi faced Charlotte Flair a couple weeks ago, and then that, that led to this feud. They had the segments. I think this was the first match, I think. Um, so knowing WWE, we'll probably see this, oh, I don't know, three or four more times at least uh, on TV, let alone house shows. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that'd be my guess. Um, my gosh. Uh, but yeah, I, I, um, it's November. The, the next WWE pay-per-view is day one on New Year's Day. I hope they don't draw it out till then. I hope they wrap it up. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Steven's saying they, they could draw it up to WrestleMania. I hope not. I'm already kind of tired of it. You got Shotzi kind of like yelling at, at Sasha. Again, I think Monster Demon Priest. Shotzi is better as Babyface. I think that she's trying. She plays the part well. and She's trying to just make the most of it. I think she just seems like a natural babyface. She's got the, like the green hair. She's got a fun personality. She seems much better as a babyface. So I think that's kind of a, a miss in that sense. But uh, that's just saying I miss her tank. Shotzi was over and, and people loved her for the tank and for her fun personality. Now as a heel, you don't get to do either of those things. They don't, like a heel having a tank, like that's not the same, right? Um, but the second part of DJ's question was asking if uh, I think they're gonna have Natalia Baszler and Shotzi be a new faction. I mean, I'm gonna answer that partially. They very clearly are kind of going for Natalia and Baszler being like Sonya Deville's goons in a way. So I think women get attacking there because the women's tag division is so thin. If I think they're gonna be a new faction, um, no, I, I think Shotzi seems like to, more of a lone wolf at this point. I could be wrong on that, but that would be my prediction at this point. So I think we are going to see Shotzi, sorry, going to see Natalia and Baszler as a team, but uh, uh, not to, not maybe not trio, maybe not yet, maybe maybe at some point. Ness is saying we'll probably get uh, a team, but that would be my guess. Ness is also telling me to wrap it up and get sleep. Well, I got to talk about the main event. I got to talk about the most disappointing part of the show, not the count outs, not the, the what was it, the the 79 minutes of of um, of, of entrances and, and video packages. No. So we have the main event. And uh, sorry, one more thing about Shotzi. Bitmogan also saying he misses Shotzi and her tank. Tank was great. Hopefully, at some point, uh, not too far down the road, they'll, they'll they'll turn a face again, and she'll have the tank. So, uh, yes, we had the main event match. Uh, we talked about it earlier in this show, where at first we thought we were going to get uh, Becky and Charlotte in the main event, and it wound up being uh, Becky and Roman Reigns. I mean, Becky and Charlotte, I think, in a lot of ways, deserve to be the main event for, for the... the I, again, ironically, a lot of build was, was not uh, on, on WTV. It was Becky in, in interviews, really just with some... Eye-opening comments about Charlotte and their their broken friendship. Um, so that kind of carried the story for me. I'll admit, I bought into it. And then the last like in the last like two days, I've been like, wait, wait, is this all kind of like, are they working us? Or is this, this are they just kind of like playing up on maybe a little actual tension? And like, I still don't know. I still don't really know. Like, and, and nobody other than probably them and the people closest to them really knows uh, how much of this is. Uh, fiction and truth, but I think for that reason, for and and for the actual storyline as well, I think that was the more fitting main event in some ways. But big and remains maybe the show can't complain. Like we talked about earlier, we had the, the roll up with Becky and Charlotte, so I was expecting like, okay, that wouldn't be a great way to, to close out the pay per view. So big and Roman, a I would expect a clean finish, even though in my mind I was like they're gonna have the Usos interfere, they're gonna have all these shenanigans, so that whoever wins, you know, it'll, it won't be 100% clean, but. Obviously, folks, uh, we've got several comments about already tonight. This being the Rock's 25th anniversary. This show being uh, sponsored, clearly sponsored by, 100% sponsored by Red Notice, the Rock's new movie. The show being in Brooklyn, New York. You know, this this big wrestling town, city, if you will. Um, 
all the writing was on the wall for the rock to be there. Even if it was, I mean, in some ways I expected just maybe, a you know, it comes out being like, Oh, you know, the, the rock has finally come back home, blah, 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 doing this, doing this thing. Everyone loves it. Crowd goes crazy. All right. Uh, and then we get big a and Roman main event. Unfortunately, people like myself are like, Oh, are we going to get the rock? Is, is the rock going to show up? Is it going to show up? Are, are we going to get the rock in Roman WrestleMania? Now they've, we've had several comments and in, in interviews from Roman and the rock. Uh, I think the rock himself is that, or there, and there have been reports as well. I think now the, the expected uh, outcome would be that we might get rock and Roman at WrestleMania 39 uh, in Hollywood. That would make sense. Obviously WrestleMania 38 is the one that, that's coming up. So, you know, but you know, again, all, all these signs here, you're like, oh, are we gonna are we gonna see this? And then so that kind of was like that was one thing against this main event. All right. I think a lot of people in the crowd were like, okay, we want to get I think a lot of people really thought the rockers would show up. Again, myself included. I'm sitting there like, okay, good main event, it's fun. We're 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 vibing. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, we're gonna get we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna get the rock coming out. Um, so I've talked about it a lot here. I do the I do the SmackDown show, I do the Raw show. Uh before Big won the title, uh, when when he was on SmackDown, I was like I was I was beating the drum for Biggie. I'm like, oh, give this man his due, give him a little title run, yeah, put give do do right by Biggie. It's great. Come on. And then then he wins the title, and it's great. And he's, he's had a good reign. Um, and then he, he gets this, and then pretty clearly, this was back in September. They, they set up this feud with with Roman Reigns, and it's like, all right, you know, like that's probably where, where we're going for Star Series. Great, the the two top men, um, male stars in WWE at this point. Cool, great. It should be fun. And then they didn't really do a lot of build uh, directly after they they had. What was it? I think they have like the the six man tag um, back in September, and then they had um, I think a couple other things here and there. They had some like some confrontations, but um, no. Otherwise, like I said earlier, this is very much built around Roman feuding with Xavier Wo King Woods, which makes and makes sense. They had Roman and Biggie brawl on the Go Home Show, but the build definitely took something out of the match as well. Where it's like there was it, this wasn't like this very hot meat event of a build. It was a hot meat event in the on paper because you two top stars in men's match. So that. Cool. I was excited for it. I didn't really know what to expect. But then by the end of the show, Raw dominated SmackDown. I feel like I think it was, I think four to one before this match of Raw to SmackDown. So obviously, at that point, you're like, all right, I'm sorry. Biggie's not winning. They've got to at least have SmackDown get like a, a little, like one, one, one there, uh, one more one. So it's not a complete drubbing like that. Um, fun main event. Definitely. Dude, these two guys are great. They've got a lot of star power. It's great. They're great. I love it a lot. Uh, Next thing is a great match. I think these they're both immensely talented. I, I'm not going to knock the match. That was fine. But the crowd is very, very tired, right? The crowd was tired. It was a long show. Uh, again, all those video packages, they take a toll. The view of the crowd sitting there, you're sitting through these things. It's a long show anyway. And then, as I said earlier, the men's match, the, the, the men's tag team match entrances, I think those took at least 10 minutes. So there you go. So you get to this main event, and it's, you know, I think the, it didn't start till what, roughly 10.55 Eastern. So that was like three. Well, I tell you, if you count the pre-show, what, four hours into the show. Um, so no, the crowd was tired. That took some out of it as well. Then you have people being really, really thinking The Rock might show up. Um, so in the end, no shenanigans. Also surprising. Big, uh, Roman won cleanly. A little surprising there. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Biggie wins. Sorry. No, <laughs> Biggie did not win. Roman won. Clean, clean his whistle. Okay. You know, uh, not great for not great for um, for for Biggie like that. I thought he should have interfered. Um, and yeah, Stephen saying it was a good match, but the fans were half asleep, literally. And I, I'm sitting here, like I said earlier, I I was chugging coffee, trying to like 
say energetic and be like all right knowing I, I had to come out come on here and do this i'm like all right it's a good match but you can just tell the crowd's not really feeling it and that, that's a bummer i thought these the guys went out there playing a good match and i enjoyed it um but it's a bummer right so biggie winning uh damn sorry folks <laughs> i'm tired as well uh roman winning cleanly again not the best look for biggie but um there was one little one little uh, Colonel pointed earlier. There was uh, Paul Heyman. I think right before this match, she was backstage. Kayla Braxton snuck up on him as she does, and she said, "Oh, Brock Lesnar's uh, suspension is no longer indefinite. So maybe uh, there is. I think who said? Someone said. I uh, think that they thought uh, that Brock would show up. The DJ Jesus said he thought the Brock that Brock would not not the Rock. Brock would show up when when Kayla said that. I mean, there's something said for that. If like if you couldn't get the Rock, why not bring on Brock? <laughs> like literally, you know." Um, but no, the Roman one, folks, allow me to recreate the last like solid minute of the show, right? So for myself. So the match ends and Roman wins. And I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm writing up the, 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 the news article over the result. I flip over my phone so I, so I don't see any group chats. I, I close the Twitter tab on my computer. Don't even look for anything on Twitter. I, I have a bad habit of looking on Twitter um, while I'm watching a show. And sometimes it's a little ahead. Um, for me, so then things get spoiled. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want it to be spoiled. I, I turn off, I, I close on Twitter. Not even that, folks. I literally closed my eyes because I thought, okay, I don't want to even see them like do the camera cut. I thought we we're gonna hear the rock's music. I thought the crowd was gonna go crazy, and I just wanted to really soak in that beautiful moment of the rock coming back and having that. Because like, why else would we have this match main event and have it end like that? And just like, yeah, I thought that they were gonna do something, something. So I quite literally close my eyes and wait and I wait and then uh whoever it was Pat McAfee or, or Michael Cole is like all right folks thanks for turning to new driver series we'll see you tomorrow on raw I was like and I go open my eyes I'm like wait what and I saw the 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 you know uh, copyright logo of that that usually was like literally it shows anything I'm, I'm like we're not getting the rock like literally I was like oh man and and, and so then DJ brought up earlier the bleacher poison people are leaving pissed off so yeah, you're gonna have a show, literally like promoting The Rock's new movie, hundred percent opening video package. Um, they, this this freaking egg thing throughout the show with the egg being from The Rock's movie, the show being in Brooklyn on The Rock's twenty fifth anniversary. Like you're not and I, okay. I'm not I'm not saying this is WWE's fault, right? If The Rock is a very very busy man, obviously. We all know that, right? He's a, he's, a, he's a huge movie star. I'm sure he's very busy. He's got this new movie that just came out, and I'm sure he's doing media and PR and whatever. All right, I, I get that. But, man, you know, and Michael, Michael Coven saying that he was filming a movie in Australia, you know, but still, there's just something that's so disappointing about that. And that's just saying, what? It was disappointing, you know? And for me, I, I feel like a, I feel like an idiot. I'm sitting here, like, literally, eyes closed, like, all right, all right, the rocks are up. All right, it's going to be cool. And he doesn't show up. He doesn't show up, man. I'm just like, oh, I fell that down. I did, you know. I should have known better, right? It's I'm literally it's my job to cover to, to be aware of what's going on to kind of be and like I think someone had reported, um, I think earlier November that there were no plans for the Rock to be there. But things change. You never know. You know who knows. Um, I just there was a bit of a letdown. So uh, DJ saying he loved having Roman trying to beat the crowd up. Yeah, the Roman Roman is great. There were a couple moments where he he could tell the crowd was very down and and tired for the match. Um, in terms of tired from the, the the whole rest of the show, so there he like was talking to the trash and he was beating at Biggie and then Biggie rallied. The crowd kind of got, got back into it. Roman, 
very like Roman's good at good this whole wrestling thing, right? Obviously, we know that. Um, that's just saying if The Rock was busy, you could have at least had him zoom call in, at least had him be like, all right, no, The Rock, you know, whatever, right? Drop some of his catchphrases, have him, you know, do like if, if a small The Rock is cooking, whatever, literally six seconds, I don't know. And then maybe that would be even more, right? Maybe that would have been that would have been disappointing too, but just to see him, right? It's, it's his anniversary to give him that moment. Not that he even, even needs it. He's the rock, he's this big star. But I don't know. You know, that was disappointing. DJ saying that the rock could show up tomorrow, it's the same building. I mean, yeah, but it's Survive Series, man. Like this that was his anniversary, right? Like at that point, it's just like a little bit of missed opportunity. Um, that's just saying the fans would have been happy. I think every I think every single person in that building wanted to see The Rock show up tonight, and he didn't. And that's no fault of The Rock. Uh, Michael still was saying that, uh, you know, he's all, that The Rock's in Australia filming. I understand that. Okay, I do. I'm not, I'm not blaming The Rock. I'm not, I'm not blaming WWE. This is nobody's fault. But, again, just the fact that, that they promote the movie so heavily, they had the freaking egg storyline from the movie. Um, they had, the, they had the, the Rock's greatest hits from Star Series on the, uh, like, the little video packages. Just really felt like they are going to do it. And then the ha- again, the, the fans, uh, we, we, we're really thinking they're going to do Roman and the Rock. And again, just thinking the woman a good opportunity to do it. And this, if all these people needed something like that to have that, that tease. And they didn't do it. And that's just saying they gave all the signs of the Rock without actually giving us the Rock. And I, that's all there is to it, right? That's, that's how it turned out. And I think that's why it was, a little, well, it was pretty, pretty bittersweet. But it was interesting. I saw a lot of people on Twitter just now from over, overall thoughts on the show. A lot of people on Twitter with it were saying like those it's terrible. It's just like it's you know bad show. I didn't think that. I mean, yeah, I was tired. <laughs> like, like again, the the seventy nine minutes uh, of video packages and everything leading uh, up to the main event. That's a lot. Way too much. Um, Becky Charlotte was very very good. I like that. I was very surprised that I actually got a clean pinfall. Um, you know, I thought I thought I liked the tag team match for for the for the Raw for SmackDown traditional tag team matches. Although they were good, again the the, the booking was pretty weird in both cases with uh, Drew and Bobby and Count out with um, Sasha and Count out as well. Could done without that. Could done that without Drew, uh, Damian Priest getting disqualified. Um, you know, yeah, I think I I didn't think it was a bad show. I didn't. I, I don't think it was a bad show by any means. I, I, I again. I, I say it all the time the build more like this has become the pattern. The build is for the, the, the pay per views is not good. The, the weekly shows usually aren't that good, and the pay per views are. So then it's like, all right, one night you get a good show, and, and then it's back to business as usual. Um, and not, I'm not trying to bury the product, right? There, there are things about Raw I like. I like SmackDown more often than not. So, you know, there are things we, like again, we always try to enjoy the wrestling here. And then you got a good show. I thought it was fine, right? I, if they, I think it would have been, I think it was a fine show, and I would probably say a, a, it would be a good show. Uh, maybe if they had some of the, some less videos and 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 cut down the entrances. And um, again, I think maybe maybe the best Stevens thing, the better where I wouldn't better on the pre-show. I would agree. Um, and obviously, I'm not, I'm not the booker. That's not my job. So again, yeah, I'm I'm here to kind of critique the the choice that they do make, but. Yeah, if they want to do to do the countouts and the, and disqualifications, like that's on them. I don't think that's good. <laughs> like, I, I don't. Um, I will say I'm well, okay for Becky and Shaw. I'm glad they got a clean, a clean pinfall. I was rooting for Becky all the way. I'm glad she won. Uh, for the main event, I thought Biggie losing clean was definitely kind of a, not a great look because like this was a very good chance for him to really like 
solidify his status as like the guy, at least on Raw, and to lose like that, not the best look. But for all you guys, I want to hear what you have to rate the show because we're wrapping up here. Now she's going to be at 7.5. Uh, DJ is saying a 7.3. Steven with a 7. So, I mean, it seems like for a paper that might be like roughly average, maybe like borderline below average, or maybe but like depends what kind of what spectrum you're, you're grading it on. Um, I mean, I well, usually I, I give Raw like, you know, low six or mid six. I feel wrong giving a show like, a bad grade is like they usually like put more effort in for the pay-per-views so like i, I don't want to knock it too too much again i thought I dragged at points so i thought there are too many videos and whatnot um i think i think i'll, I'll agree with jesus uh, dj 7.3 so you know not a bad show not a bad show um admittedly like coming out of crown jewel i like that a little more i guess in some ways i, remember, I, I think i was a little, a little down on that one as well um, I remember liking Extreme Rules until the, the I'm, I, I'm, I'm comparing from what was recently until the end of, until the end of what Finn Balor I thought Extreme Rules was very very good so I thought that was kind of better than this so maybe I don't remember what I gave Extreme Rules but I think seven point three and the weird thing about this is that like none of this really matters right <laughs> like that's the weird thing it's an all star game it, it, it's you know kind of weird of us like you know okay we're gonna have these matches. And there are some things that might matter. Like we got the Age Styles thing with almost. We got Sheamus and Jeff Hardy that might like mean something. Um, but otherwise, like none of these matches are really going to like carry over all that much beyond this week, right? I think come this time uh, next Monday on Raw, they're going to be like fully onto other things. Um, <laughs> Steven's like he's dreading Raw and uh, dreading this egg, uh, dragging this egg thing into Raw. I think he means, um, yeah. Uh, I have a bad feeling that they're going to have like five segments about this egg tonight, tonight on Raw, and that's not great. Um, yeah, yeah. So I hopefully that'll be it. Hopefully, hopefully like they're not going to drag it out too too much beyond that. But I'll be I'll be here to talk about it. I'll have John Clark back here to talk about it with me tonight. It's already Monday as I'm recording this tonight here on Raw. It's folks. It's almost one o'clock in the morning. I appreciate you all so much for for staying here with me for talking about the show with me. It's five series, you know. Uh, in theory, it's, it's supposed to be uh, a special show. It was a special show, you know, maybe, maybe not to, to the degree that it once was, but again, not a bad show. I thought it was fine. Um, Ness is saying that Roman's going to take the egg at this point. Sure, sure. Give Roman the egg. Give 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 Roman all the gold. Literally, quite literally. Uh, we'll find out what happens with the egg tonight on Raw. John Cochran and I will talk all about it. I'll ask John about his live live experience as far as its Survivor Series because he is he was there in person. So with that being said, folks, I, I, I do want to just want to say quite sincerely, thank you so much. You know, I would not be here doing a show if not for you all. You know, it's again, quite literally almost one o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning. So thank you for taking the time out of, out of your out of your day to be here with me to talk about the show, to, to share your thoughts on the on, about this wrestling, you know, to do it on a Sunday, on a Sunday, Sunday night heading into Monday morning to, to do it on a Monday night for Raw. John Carkin here on Mondays. We're working on Tuesdays for NXT. Robert and I here on Fridays. So to have you guys support us, to have you guys um, helping us, you know, talk about the show and, and you know, interacting with us, like it, it seriously means a lot to me. Like, I I love what I do. Uh, I love doing these shows. I love talking to you all. Your support means the world to me. Quite seriously, it's it really it's really special to me. Uh, uh, Vernon and and Nalanesha again saying <laughs> saying uh, telling me to get some sleep. It's Sunday where she is. It's Monday where I am. So I don't know if you're going to do a different time zone or something. But um, 
Yeah, man, it's uh, it's getting late. So with that, you know, I will say I'll be here yet again Monday night to talk about Monday Night Raw. It's Monday as now as I record this Monday morning. Um, it's technically still till Sunday. I, I count I count days by when I'm when I'm awake. So I, it is still Sunday, Sunday, quite literally. Um, but I'll be here on Monday night talking about Night Raw with John Clark. John, I'll be here on Tuesday to talk about NXT. Robert and I will be back here on Friday to talk about SmackDown. Uh, the, the two Dynamite teams on a Rampage cover all things AEW. So if you are a part of the Elite team, <laughs> the two make sure to tune into that. Otherwise, we have a, a great stream of interviews constantly coming at you guys. We're at SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, well, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So leave a like and subscribe. And remember... Like if it's if it's Survivor Series and the show's not that great, or if it's another show that is good, like wherever, wherever it falls on the spectrum, we try to, to do one thing, or we try to do that w alongside you. Uh, well, we're here together, trying to do one thing together, because it's what we do here at Zone, and that, my friends, is to enjoy wrestling. So with that I say thank you for listening and have a great night.